This week's podcast is brought to you by FreshBooks. I've been using FreshBooks for years. We send hundreds of invoices a year using FreshBooks. It is incredibly easy to use, whether you are a large business, a mid-sized business, or a freelancer, FreshBooks allows you to send out custom invoices and get paid faster. I have a secret. We were using a very popular uh, accounting system that a lot of people use that's a giant pain in the neck to use, and I couldn't do it any longer, so I searched out all over the internets to find a place where I could do my bookkeeping online and I came up with FreshBooks and I'm pretty excited about them. Uh, They are not expensive at all. They are perfect for freelancers. They are perfect for the self-employed and they're perfect for my business too. And for the next 30 days, you can have unrestricted free trial to FreshBooks by going to freshbooks.com slash MDP and enter million dollar plan. You guys know I don't endorse a lot of products. I only like to endorse things that I use and I've used them for years. So check it out, freshbooks.com slash MDP and enter million dollar plan and see why I'm always so happy. A podcast? Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. Use weapons. This week on the Million Dollar Plan, it's the return of Omar. Omar's coming, y'all. We're getting updates from Omar. I'm very excited. He was a guest in like episode. I had 111 or no one knows. And so we're going to talk to him uh, now. Uh, Omar, welcome back to the program. Thanks very much, Pete. Appreciate uh, you having me. Do you happen to know, was it episode 111 or am I just making that up? Uh, it was episode 111. I have listened to it once or twice since then. Okay. So, oh, by the way, um, it's Friday when we're recording this. Um, and so there's a, this is important for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, when someone comes back to the show, like I feel obliged to play like Return of the Mac, you know. <laughs> but number one, I couldn't get that song cleared, t- and it's Friday night, so uh, Return of the Mac is a great song, uh, and I think of it on Fridays because it feels like I'm returning to my weekend. And number two, since it's Friday afternoon and we're recording this, this portion of the program is brought to you by Old Granddad Bonded Bourbon. So as I talk to you here today, Isaac, uh, pardon me, make that Omar. I am going to. Uh, enjoy a beverage. Are, are you drinking as we talk here, too, or, or just me? If I knew you were going to be, I could have grabbed one myself, but no, I'm, uh, I just have some water with me right now, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> what, give us the updates. What had happened since we talked last, where you're at? If I remember correctly, and I try to do this on memory, you're sort of a fire guy, right? You want to have financial independence and retire early. Absolutely, yep. I know uh, the initial plan was 40. I think you talked me back to 50. We agreed to meet somewhere in the middle uh, of that point, and that's that's the goal. Sounds like we're buying a used car at this point. So <laughs> you come to the line, you're like, hey, I'd like 40. I'm like, eh, about 50. We met in the middle. Um, so so give us the nature of what's, what's changed. What are the updates? Where are we? Sure. Um, so just numbers overall. I'm just looking at kind of the investments right now. Um, just uh, right around $306,000 okay. in investments. Um, if you back out the 529 plan, it brings it down to about 
285. And remind um, people of your age. How old are you? I'm currently 31. 31. Okay. So, and, 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 and remind folks, too, how you were able to accumulate roughly $300,000 uh, in, in, what, nine years out of school? Yeah, exactly. Actually, I think it was, I just saw on Facebook yesterday, I posted the uh, nine-year anniversary pictures of graduation. That's how um, you know you're yeah. young, is that you can actually see your college graduation as a time hop on Facebook. <laughs> the, the, if it time hopped on Facebook to my college graduation, I'd actually time hop to MySpace. So go figure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think what, uh, what the gist of it is, me and my wife coming out of school, we've been together since then. You know, that definitely helps just having two people versus one right from the start. Mm-hmm. But um, we both went into career fields where we didn't really expect high earnings, um, even, even in the, the long-term future. But over time, both of us kind of switched out of that and got into higher-paying careers, um, but saw our, our lifestyle just kind of hitting a point where we were pretty happy with where we were at. So the question came up, what's next, um, and, and really delved into the whole fire uh, mindset and all of the, the materials that are out there and started pursuing that pretty hard um, probably about two years ago, I would say. I, I don't remember. Did we talk about uh, publicly what your profession is last time you were on the show? Yeah, we, we touched on it. I'm, I'm in the, uh, the sales field predominantly, okay. sales management. And, and so we were, we were talking, were your ears burning earlier today, Omar, because we were talking about you at our office today? Uh, a bunch of us were talking, and, and we got to this idea of, like, being able to retire at 40 is, is interesting. It's remarkable. But it's the question of who would really want to do that? Or, or, or like, how <laughs> how do you get your head? Let's say that I wasn't able to talk you back from 40, and it, the number is 40. Maybe some things have changed. Like, how do you determine so young at 31 that you're just like, I'm done. I just don't want to work again. Like, help help us understand this. Well, I think the first thing is just to, the financial independence aspect is just to have that security blanket. Yes. Who knows, you know, what happens once you get to that number. I mean, I'm, I'm basically equal, equidistance from that age as I was when I completed school. You know, I just said when I completed school, I was in a totally different career track, wanting to do something else. So once getting to that point, who knows what the mindset is, but having, you know, a really large cash cushion uh, is definitely not a negative, as, as you typically preach. Um, but beyond that, I think the most basic answer when people, you know, I do get the opportunity to speak to people, but I say, hey, do you like Saturday and Sunday? And people typically say, yeah, it's a good time. I said, well, that's what I'm aiming for. I'm aiming to make every day Saturday and Sunday. And I think that's kind of the most simplistic way for it to click uh, for people. You know, your weekends are typically filled up with busy stuff that you want to do. Sometimes you have a lazy uh, weekend day. You just get more of that, um, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. So well, that's me, how I envision it. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to push back, not because I'm busting your chops, because I want to explore this. I, I, I this is fascinating to me. Uh, Saturday and Sunday are great for me because absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Mm. It's this idea of you you bust your hump the entire week so that it's an amazing exhale at the end of the week. Do you fear on any level that you're like? not having that release that is the weekend when you have uh, a 168-hour weekend? Yeah, the idea of too much of a good thing um, could apply. I think part of it is making sure you're you're varied in terms of how you're spending your time. You know, if you're retiring to a life of, of Netflix and, uh, you know, days on the couch, I don't really think that's probably the optimal setup. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of things that I have kind of that I keep a list of things to do in retirement that are, are big and small, um, places to visit, and, and just the, the ability to, you know, enjoy time with the kids, um, move take things slower. I think those are the things that really stay front of mind um, for me. I know that, that one of the biggest challenges is, you know, on a Tuesday afternoon when I want to go do something, everyone else in your peer group will be working. Yeah. Um, and that's probably going to be a challenge and something to, to figure out, but um, not enough of a reason not to pursue it in my mind. How do you draw the line between financially independent and independently wealthy? Uh, how, do the, how do they relate? Financially independent and independently wealthy. Can you describe that a little bit more? Yeah, so my feeling with the FIRE movement, and again, if, you, if you're just tuning in, when the hell would you tune into ten minutes into a podcast? Like, start the stupid thing over. Uh, I've always wondered that with your with your podcast. Yeah, it's like what <laughs> what are you what are you just sandbagging me here? All right, so all right, if you just join us, <laughs> financial independence retire early. It's a movement. Fire financial independence retire early, and it's this idea that by making optimal optimal decisions through the first part of your career, um, you can become financially independent and you can retire early. However, I will say this, Omar, and this is what I'm talking about in terms of the difference between those two elements. I find that oftentimes the fire movement is the ultimate in frugal, is the ultimate in um, cutting corners via lifestyle. Not all, but I think that's sort of the overall stereotype. So the question to you is, your plan isn't a matter of being wealthy. It's a matter of not needing money because at the same time you've you've you know, shaved off your lifestyle as you as you went would you agree with that or am i misrepresenting it yeah you know i, I think we talked about this the last time um that you know our incomes combined are, are right around two hundred thousand. um which can so, i say that's you know, not that much without all my listeners getting pissed off my i can say whatever i want that's, that's for you to determine. <laughs> right. And, and when I say that's not that much, uh, their eyes are rolling. People are using profanity. They don't have a bottle of old granddad on their desk like I do. Uh, but <laughs> but do you know what I mean? That, that is a good amount of money. But it's not enough that if at first glance, it seems like someone could retire at 40 on that money, right? Mm-hmm. I think what it is is taking that money, you know, and when I, I explain it to people, it's just cut it in half, right? We try to save half of it. We try to live off half of it. Can you save a um, hundred a year now? Well, that was after la- our last call. I think that was my big push and the biggest challenge for me. That that's what I'm aiming to do in, in the 2017 calendar year. Um, there's definitely been setbacks from just uh, both the lifestyle inflation that even trying to fight that back has taken over naturally, and then just you know the the house needed some work. There's been medical bills that were unexpected. Um, and just things adding up that, that kind of came unexpectedly. But the push is for 100. We'll see how close we can get. I have so many questions. So let's be cliche for a second. Aren't we supposed to expect the unexpected? Or is that like a Red Bull commercial? Or is that Mountain Dew? I don't know what it is. I feel extreme. I feel like I should have an Axe body spray. But, I mean, shouldn't we know that one of the reasons or, or the, the challenges with trying to retire at 40 is that life is so unpredictable that it's going to cost us money, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. And I think that's where accounting for it and having a solid emergency fund there. And, you know, my wife said some great words of wisdom to me when I was stressing about it. And she said, listen, be happy that we have this money that can go towards this. 
you know, so we don't save as much as we want to this month, but this is why we've worked so hard. So in situations like this that could be stressful, we don't have to be, you know, it's just a little bit less on the, the saving side for this month. If you're a, t- would you classify yourself as a 10 on the, you've totally bought in hook, line, and sinker to the fire idea? We'll find out where he falls on the scale right after these words. So you're racing against the clock to wrap up three projects, prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to my life and welcome to the life of business owners and freelancers all across this globe. Challenging? Yep. But our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are so worth it. The working world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for the self-employed. To meet this need, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. And believe me when I tell you, it's beautiful. It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom built for exactly the way you work. And I work. And anyone works. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. (laughs) The all-new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features. Create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. For those doing the math, it's a half a minute. Set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days earlier see when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing game. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. That's you. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com MDP and enter million dollar plan in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com MDP and enter million dollar plan. Go get the free stuff right now. Are you a 10? Where are you at on that scale? Out of, out of 10? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a 10. My, my wife is not, but I definitely would classify myself as. Okay, what, what is she? Because I think this is, for those listening, that this appeals to. And by all means, if, if you're listening to this and you're into this, do it. But I think having your significant other somewhat on board certainly helps. So where is she, Omar? She's probably, I would say when I first started uncovering it, she was probably around a 4. Yeah. And if I was going to grade her now, she's probably around a 7 or an 8 now. Okay. Well, it sounds like what you just described, you know, her words of wisdom to you, um, unless she was saying as a last ditch effort to get you to shut up. Uh, but it sounds like she really is there for accountability, which, which, which means buy-in to me, right? Yeah, I would agree with that. So, all right. So are you in a job and sales position in which you have large chunks come in via a bonus or a commission or a big deals or is it a rather consistent flow of money for you? I have been in that place. It's pretty consistent now, moving more into a management uh, track of things. Um, so, you know, I, I can expect on a month-to-month basis what's happening. Could you make more money by not being in management, though, in sales? I mean, that's the way I've always thought sales works. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so let's <laughs> talk about trade. So uh, I don't know if you're a 10. 
Omar. I don't know if you're a 10 because <laughs> wouldn't you be a mercenary if you were a 10? Wouldn't you be in sales? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back a little bit, Pete, and say that I don't think the fire movement's about being frugal at all. I think it might be a subset. I think it's about being smart with money and ultimately seeing money simply as a tool to purchase different things. Um, so I, I consider myself to, to spend all my money. Um, what I'm purchasing with that, though, is, is simply time with, with a giant chunk of it being half the, the income that we bring it into the house. Um, so that's how I typically like to look at it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, there are there are numerous subsets of the fire. There's the there is even the mercenary subset where people have two or three jobs and they they just kill themselves to be able to retire early. So then they've earned the right to do whatever they want. I think clearly you're a nice balance of, of all those little subsets of the fire movement. Um, so since we last talked, you obviously had some lifestyle things happen some unexpected expenses, but what's really changed? What are the updates? Um, I think, uh, you know, like I said, you kind of pushed me in the last episode and questioned, okay, to, to really hit the number, can you do more? So just trying to optimize around the edges, nothing major, but I made a list here, you know, refinancing the mortgage and getting it down when the rates were low to a, a lower rate, 3.625 we got into. Um, opening up an HSA for the first time and, and maxing that out this year. Of course, the additional medical bills has me kind of number crunching again and again. Uh, like you said, expect the unexpected with that. That's been challenging. Um, kind of the travel hacking and travel rewards miles and, and using credit cards smartly that way. And I've done over $6,000 of free travel with that. Um, some of the smaller stuff that you've mentioned that are recurring charges, cutting cable from $130 a month to $45, lowering car insurance shopping around for life insurance policies. So just try to do all these little things around the edges that, you know, require some initial work, but then once they're set, they're set, and it's, you know, additional money coming in every month. At the risk of terrifying myself, I'm going to ask more about the travel hacking. I have a friend mm. who travel hacks and is in, like, Europe, like, every other weekend. Um, can, can you... Re <laughs> I'm asking you a favor, Omar... Can you responsibly talk about this without sending my audience running off to do something stupid? Because there's a right way and a wrong way. And I'm asking you if you feel like you can describe this in a way that is not dangerous. Yeah, I, th I think I can give a couple of points that won't, uh, you know, be getting people into hot water. Okay, okay, here we go. Travel hacking, please define it. All right. So travel hacking is the process of opening up credit cards specifically targeting them based on their sign-up bonuses and rewards programs. Um, I think a couple of the key foundations is you need to be someone who um, pays off your credit cards in full every month, okay. um, a clean record of not having, you know, floating credit card uh, debt um, is, is a big part of that, um, and just not overspending because of the bonus. It's, it's doing what you normally spend, but just specifically targeting which cards to put them on to get specific uh, rewards. So this is not, in, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, this is not an effort to build credit. This is not a, uh, this is an effort to truly take advantage of the, this is how I think of it. Years ago, my brother-in-law, his first job was at Walmart. He was the representative at the credit card sign-up table. And if someone signed up for a credit card, they got a polyresin bear frame. 
So it was a bear frame, mm-hmm. a teddy bear frame out of polyresin, and we called them polyresin bear frames. And so when I see them, I still mock them to this day. But basically what you're taking advantage of is the polyresin bear frame, but it's not a polyresin bear frame. It's, it's free tickets to anywhere you want to go. Yeah, fortunately in today's day and age, it's, it's graduated from the free T-shirts and Frisbees and polyresin bear frame, as you said. Um, and, and typically credit card rewards sign-ups are going to be anywhere from 400 to $500 uh, or 50,000 miles, um, which then when you go into these portals online of these different programs, you can actually um, get reimbursement or, or actually purchase uh, up to maybe one and a half times that. So you're getting $750 worth of credit. Um, for the bonus based on the different portals and rewards programs they have in place. Okay, so um, it yeah. does require some organization. Yeah, so let's talk about let's talk about that. I I know this is not the point of the show, but hey, we're talking about it, so we're going to talk about. I'm sitting here drinking. We're going to talk about travel rewards. So sure. if you sign up for let's say the Delta Sky Miles or whatever, how, do you happen to have that one? I do not. I wouldn't recommend that one either. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Oh, okay. okay. Well, choose one. I don't care which one. You tell me. Chase, Chase definitely uh, has the, the industry uh, highlights in terms of the cards that are out there. Okay, so Chase something. And it's going to give you a 50... 50- Chase uh, Sapphire, the Sapphire Reserve card. Okay. Is there an annual fee to this thing? Yes. And how much is it? So some of the cards will waive the annual fees. Um, some are as high as $450 a year, which when you first hear that makes it sound even more dubious. Um, but once you start to pick it apart, you understand where you're getting uh, maybe three or four times that value back. Interesting. And so, <laughs> you know, again, I, I, I read about this stuff. I'm skeptical of it. I don't know a great deal about it. So then you say you go into a portal and you're able to multiply the effect of these bonus points or miles, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? I'll, I'll easily walk you through, you know, one of the most easy ones to describe. So there's a, a Chase card you sign up. It's typically a $95 first-year fee, but they waive that fee in the first 12 months. So it's free to sign up. You spend your $4,000 in the first three months. Uh, having daycare expenses that you can put on a credit card for myself makes that very, very easy to hit those minimum spend numbers. Once you hit that minimum spend, they put the 50,000 points into your account, much like any other credit card reward program people have. Okay. Um, the thing is, once you go inside, they have a travel rewards portal that if you go through their portal, you, re- you redeem the points for flights, for hotel stays, and when you compare those point redemptions to what the actual costs are, you'll see I might be redeeming 10,000 points, which have a cash equivalency of $100 if I was just going to get it as cash back, but that hotel room might be $230 for the night. Ah. Um, an additional thing that the Travel Rewards World does is they typically do a multiplier. So for all of my points, they multiply it by 1.25. So my 10,000 points are actually worth 12,500 points, even making it a greater return on your uh, reimbursement. And that's kind of the trick. You do that for uh, yourself. You do that for a spouse. You do it with the next set of cards and then the next set of cards. And when you come up on the year mark, you can actually cancel the card and get reimbursed or excuse me, uh, not have to pay that, that annual fee for that go-around. Again, huh. it's just some smart uh, organization, um, completely legal and uh, pretty high ROI in, in the activity. All right, so I, that's great. You are an exceptional uh, a, a person in terms of being able to organize that, but I now have to give my frugal ginger warning here to everyone listening. Y- you can try that. 
but you better be organized and you better not let some of those dates pass uh, or you're going to find yourself in trouble, right? You're going to find yourself with a carryover balances. And, and, and Omar, I got to think, I mean, this is the whole point of these programs are to get people thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to win a polyresin bear frame and then their habits and behavior fails and the card company ends up winning, correct? Uh, that's absolutely their game of it. Uh, it. It's the small minority who can pull this off, I think, and and not end up in the in the end uh, feeding into what the the banks are are wanting to have the outcome be. Yeah, I mean, the harsh reality is, and if you if you step back, and I wrote about this in USA Today about a month ago, and yeah, I got angry emails about it too. Um, banks have stopped inducing savings, and they focus primarily on inducing spending. And what you and I have just talked about is uh, banks inducing spending. Now, you found a way to game it, which is great for you, and the 5 to 10% of people that can actually pull it off, but the bank is still inducing spending. On no level are they inducing free travel. They are inducing spending, and that's the challenge. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, for myself, this was for, for last year, my big push is something I wanted to learn about. So I went in completely green, didn't know about it at all, was very careful at first, and dipped your toe in the water, which I think is important to emphasize. You don't have to do all or nothing. You can start off with saying, okay, let me open up this card, see if I'm comfortable with it, understand all the implications, um, and then, you know, progress from there. So that's what I would emphasize by trying it out. Start small, start slow, and then go from there. Any other updates? Thank you, by the way, for that. Any other updates you want to share here in our, in our last few minutes? I don't want to take your entire day. Plus, I've got an entire bottle of old granddad that I'd like to get through. Anything else that, that you want to give us updates on? Um, you know, like I said, there were, were unexpected slash expected expenses, you know, house, medical, and, and car bills. I think uh, also we, we front-loaded some of our vacation spend for the year, which might have been higher than normal. Um, but I think the important thing is just kind of keeping a, an eye on the prize, and it feels slow in, in real time, day in and day out. Um, I, I think in the background, I know at some point stocks can't go up and up and up forever, <laughs> which you know I've seen for the most part uh, in my investing lifespan so far. So I think that's going to be the true test of when we do have that 20 or 30 or even 40% downward uh, trend, which will happen at some point. Um, how do I respond to that? You know, I can say, okay, I'm going to feel good about it. I'm invested in almost all equities. But when it happens, it's going to be a true test, I think, um, to, to handle it at that point. Yeah, that was my question. And we'll sort of leave it at that. And, and, and maybe we talk again when that happens. But, uh, and, and I hate to use the Mike Tyson thing, but it's the old everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face or whatever, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's reality. I mean, that everything has gone pretty darn well for you thus far. And I'm anxious to see when that 300 turns into 190, <laughs> what happens then, you know? Um, and hopefully it won't. Uh, and by the way, even if it does, if you leave it the hell alone, you'll be fine once again. The challenge is not to panic and pull the plug too soon and then lock in the losses. Um, so I, if I'm you, if I'm going to give you give you advice here as we wrap it's to have a plan write yourself a letter stick it in your desk that you open when it hits the fan and the letter says Mm. settle the hell down 
and just keep your eye on the prize. You don't have to react to the market. The market will eventually fix itself. You just have to still be in it for the fix to take place. That sounds good. I'm going to do that with my own uh, bottle of old granddad that you have there and uh, oh get started on that letter. 100 proof, baby. <laughs> All right. Hey, congrats to you, Omar, and to your family. And keep, uh, keep the updates coming. We certainly appreciate them. Awesome. Thanks, Pete. All right. So uh, that's it for uh, this week's uh, Million Dollar Plan. If you want to give me an update, if you've been on the show before, give us an update. Uh, email us, uh, askpete at petetheplanner.com. And that's it for this week. Uh, I'm going to have some old more uh, old granddad. And uh, thanks for listening. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money life, right, then hit us up at com slash podcast. You heard me. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET. Word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Salutations, I bring you love, Tron greetings from a far away land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home. Filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol. Stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed. Glide with ease, creating a breeze. They call a black hole, event horizon. No rear view concerns. This I adjourn. This I adjourn. This I adjourn. Salutations, I bring you love, Tron greetings from a far away land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?